0: You guys may be seated. Welcome, everybody, again to Merlin Covenant Church. My name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and I get the privilege of uh, bringing the word along with uh, Shelly Zilsdorf and Danielle Kilgore uh, throughout the rest of this morning. I know. So welcome again, everybody. Welcome, Overflow. Let's give a little wave. Just put your hand up behind you like that to give a little overflow, people. High schoolers, makes my heart so happy. Good to have you, but I'm watching you now. Um, Well, welcome. It's Easter. And uh, I don't know, we all come from different church traditions, but um, for the longest time, Most of the church throughout the world has had this traditional Easter greeting where the leader would say, he is risen, and the congregation would say, he is risen indeed. Is that part of your tradition? But if not, it could be ours. So if I say, he is risen, you say, he he is is risen risen indeed. indeed. And what's great is the church forever and ever has found these little hooks to help people who aren't that smart like myself to figure out and remember certain things to go, oh, he is risen. He is risen. Yeah, and you might have been part of a church where some churches, they say something like, God is good. All the time, or all the time, God's good, right? Some churches say the Apostles' Creed, our church at the end, right, will say things like, um, we'll do the Lord's Prayer. And there's, in the church, historically has found rhythms and creeds and statements to say so that we just normal people who are going through our life day in and day out don't forget the really important truths of life and of Christianity and Easter is a very important day because it's a day on the calendar that marks us and that we remember even though Jesus has been has risen from the dead over 2000 years ago we stop and we mark it's a marker for us to remember this incredible truth and so this morning we proclaim that he is risen Dude, these guys are on it. Front row for life. Good. Well, the passage we're going to look at this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 8. It says this For what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance. So, this is Paul. What, what he's saying is hey, here's a creed. This is a statement that the church has said over and over and over again. And the church in Corinth would know this. And a lot of times they would say and they would recite this together. And this is the creed that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And then he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. And that was the statement. It was a creed that was said over and over again. And Paul is is saying, hey, here is this creed, this statement for us to remember as people who love Jesus, who want to know and love Jesus. Here's this intellectual truth. And what I love about Christianity is it's this religion that is so deep theologically. The smartest and most intellectually minded people can spend their entire lives wrestling through theology and mining the depths of this religion. People who are wired to live in such a spiritual way have all these disciplines and values we just spent this last series talking about how to be godly, right? It's a religion that is so powerful and so important. But what I think makes Christianity so incredible is it's not just a religion for, um, you know, it's not just religion with creeds, but it's this idea that Jesus rose from the dead and he revealed himself, not just in general, but to people. So Paul goes on to say, After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom have fallen asleep, though some have fallen asleep. Sorry, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James and then to the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me as to one who was abnormally born. And this morning, I'm going to invite up Shelley that we have this um, opportunity to share with you this idea that Jesus comes and there's a creed, there's a ritual and a truth that is real But more than a generic theological statement that is true, Jesus reveals Himself to Cephas, to to the 12, to the 500, to James, to the apostles, and to you and me. Amen.
1: And it's true that Jesus reveals Himself to all kinds of people. And when I think about that, I'm reminded that He reveals Himself to those who have been on the journey with Jesus, and for some time, and for those who are brand new in their faith. And as I was thinking about this, I think back in the gospels, we see this so often with Jesus, that he's revealing at the same time to those who have been following him and wanting to get to know him, and those that are for the very first time experiencing his love. And and when I was thinking about this, I thought of John 4, where Jesus visits the woman at the well. And he looks at her, and he sees all of who she is. Every failure, every triumph, and he looks at her and he says, I, I want to invite you into a relationship with me. He looks at her as she's trying to take water out of the well and go, I am the living water that you have been wanting. I am the one that's going to satisfy you. And this changes everything for her. This changes everything for her that she goes so excited. When you're brand new in faith, you're like, I don't know what to do next. And so she runs off and she goes and tells her whole town. But this, this passage isn't just her encountering the Lord for the first time, but we also see as she's walking away to her town, Jesus's disciples come up. And they walk up and they're bringing food for Jesus. And they see her And they've been journeying with Jesus for a long time. And Jesus gives the same invitation. He gives the same invitation to them that says, man, you bring me food, but I have food for you that's going to nourish you. I have food for you. Come be in a relationship with me. Come be with me. Be a part of the work, the mission that I am doing. So we see in this passage, he's inviting the woman at the well for the very first time to be in this relationship with Him, to go deeper with Him. And then we see His disciples who've been going day in and day out through all the walks, the trails that they've been going on with Jesus. And He's saying, come in and be in a deeper relationship with me. I have so much for you. I have life and I have nourishment that you've been looking for. And as a youth pastor, I feel like I get to see this all the time. I get to work with middle school and high schoolers. Any middle school and high schoolers out there? Yeah, that's, Oh, yeah. there we go. That's about right. I'm used to that subtle response. Um, <laughs> but I love my job so much because I get to watch students experience God in so many different ways. They get to go to camps. They come every Wednesday and Sunday. They get to be around leaders and around some of you that love God so much and are seeking God to be revealed who He is more and more in their life. And... It's so much fun. And recently we went to Alaska about two weeks ago with our high school students. And it was incredible. Our students were serving. They were learning the native Eskimo culture. They were being in community with each other off their cell phones. Amazing. They they just had this intentional time of getting to know the people of Nome. And it was amazing. And one of the highlights of the trip was when we got to meet three of the elders from Nome Covenant Church. And their names are Martha, Luda, and Helen. And these three women have been following Jesus for a long time, for such a long time. And as they were sharing with them, they were sharing stories of how throughout their life, they have seen God reveal himself to them over and over and over again through their, their painful struggles, through their family stories, even through one was in Russia, and the 700 Club TV Christian program came on. And for the first time in their isolation, they got to know Jesus. And it was incredible. And I got to see our high schoolers be invited into their worship with God. They got to be invited into God saying, I am real. And they proclaimed that over and over. And our students got to wrestle with their own faith of like, man, do I believe that? Do I see that in my own life? And they got to wrestle through that all week as they met more and more people. And something that was incredible, at the end of our week, and every night we finished with worship, but at the end of our week, we were worshiping. And as they were worshiping, they didn't want to stop. They didn't want to stop worshiping. They wanted to keep celebrating all that God revealed to them that week, in little ways, in big ways. Even Benzie was like, are we done? And they're like, no, and they wanted to keep going because God showed them who he was. He was active in their lives. And so Jesus is constantly wanting to reveal himself to us. Whether today you sit there and you're like, I don't know, I'm kind of new, brand new in this faith. I'm not sure if you're like, man, I've been walking this path for a long time. Man, Jesus is wanting to know that you to know that He's chasing after you. He's chasing after you, and He wants you to know about His love for you. He wants to continue to reveal that to you. And no matter where you're at in your faith, Jesus wants to meet you there. Whether you're like the woman at the well who, for the first time, is encountering Him, or you're His disciples walking day in and day out trying to figure out, OK, what is Jesus? What does this look like in my life? whether you're like our students that want to just celebrate this sweet time. God is moving. He is real. He is risen. And when he meets us and reminds us of his love, like we want to do something. We want to do something. We want to take action. We want to be like the woman at the well that's like running off and telling people about it. And that is not of you. That's the Lord in your life. And so We want to respond with worship. We want to respond with joy and gratitude of what He's done in our life today, in the past, and what He's going to do. So that's why on Easter, we as the church, we respond in worship by proclaiming that Jesus is the risen Lord. So I'm going to invite you guys now, as you're thinking of your own stories, as you're thinking of where you're at right now, and knowing that God is chasing after you, that He rose today for you, I want you to stand up. Let's stand up, and we're going to worship together as new and old travelers in faith and in response to what God's done in our life. So it is true that Jesus reveals himself to
2: all kinds of people. And Shelly just shared how Christ reveals himself to those who are new to the faith and those who have been walking with Jesus for years. But when I think about Christ, and how he reveals himself, I am reminded that Christ reveals himself in two additional seasons. Seasons of abundance and joy and seasons of discouragement. John 10.10 says the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Life is hard. But when we get to experience that abundant life that Christ promised, it feels great. Whether it's through a job promotion, through the birth of a child, witnessing a friend getting married, or even finally being able to say, I am 100% (laughs) debt-free. It's coming. (laughs) Experiencing the abundant life is a blessing and a gift to enjoy. Christ promised a life of abundance, a life of blessings from the Father. He promised that through him, we would have unspeakable joy. It's during those times that it's easy to see God. Or is it? Christ knows what it was like to have and experience the power and blessings of the Father. Christ performed miracle after miracle. He spoke deliverance and redemption to those that needed it. People denied everything that they once trusted in to trust in Him. People followed Him. They praised Him. They put their faith in Jesus. Now, Christ could have chosen to accept the glory for Himself. He could have tried to acknowledge Him and only Himself, but instead, Christ decided to acknowledge the Father. Christ reveals Himself to us in times of abundance so that we might acknowledge the source of that abundance, our Father in heaven. So Christ reveals Himself to those that are living in the abundant life but also to those experiencing life's discouragements. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give the way the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Anyone who knew me growing up as a child, they knew that if I was ever asked what I wanted to be when I I grew up, I would always say, an actress and a singer. There wasn't a time where you didn't catch me singing or acting out lines from a movie. And when I was in high school, I even had an agent. I was in commercials, I was in magazines. I auditioned to be a part of a girl singing group. So you can imagine my shock and anger when Beyonce and Destiny's Child came onto the scene. I was floored. I remember telling my mom, that's supposed to be me. That is supposed to be me. Nevertheless, I went on to college with hopes that one day I would make it big. But through college, I decided to switch my decision of what career, and I wanted to become a TV producer. So my last year of college, I applied and interviewed for an entry-level position with Harpo Productions. And after that interview, I just knew I was moving to Chicago. I even started packing. I started packing. I told everyone that I would be working for Oprah Winfrey herself. I would have an office right next to hers. Until I was given the news that I didn't get the job. I was devastated. And I ended up settling for a job as a waitress. After five years of college, waiting tables was now my destiny. I didn't know what my purpose was anymore, but my mother encouraged me, and she said that if that wasn't the path that God had for me, then obviously he had a different path. And although I was sad, I kept hope in Christ that my purpose would soon reveal itself. Well, it did. And here I am in a life in ministry. And I may not get to be Beyonce, but I get to be someone better. I get to be Danielle Kilgore, outreach and missions pastor of Marin, the best covenant church. Right? So take that Beyonce. Uh-oh. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Friends, my story may not be your story, and my steps and your steps may be different than someone else's, but the common denominator is Christ. Our life doesn't always present to us the way that we think it would have. We can sometimes lose sight of Christ or even forget that Christ is present when our plans don't go as planned. Christ didn't promise a life that would go exactly as we wanted it. Instead, he promised peace that will never leave us. He promised us a peace and a hope that would never fail. When we put our hope in Jesus, everything else will fall into place. That's the peace I want. Not the peace that the world gives, but the peace that remains because Christ remains. Family, Christ is relatable and he is still revealing himself to us daily. He is someone who knows how important it is to remember the Father in our joy, and he knows how ever-present he is in our times of sadness. Christ gave us the example of what a posture of worship looks like during good times and hard times. Our arms stretched out, our eyes lifted up, and our hearts crying out to the Father with great hope. Just because things we have don't always go the way we want it does not mean we give up on hope because the Bible declares that hope never disappoints. Put your hope in a man that has given us the assurance of life. Christ is the reason we get to experience the abundant life. Christ's Spirit lives in us so that we can honor the Father in seasons of overflow as well as when we experience hard times. Just like Christ had the power to resurrect from the cross, he has given us the power to resurrect from our crosses too. John 16, says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And it's because of Christ's sacrifice on Calvary that we have peace, because he is alive and he reigns. We have faith because our God is our living hope. That's why today on Easter, On Resurrection Sunday, we as a church lift up our hands and declare and decree with thanksgiving in joy that Christ Jesus, you are our living hope. Let us worship and celebrate the living hope we have in Christ. Amen.
0: We're going to turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, where Paul says this, For what I have received I pass on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and they appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve. And then Paul goes on to say, And after that, He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me as to one who's abnormally born. And it is true that Jesus does reveal himself to all kinds of people. And we didn't want this Easter to go away without the true reminder that Jesus reveals himself to me and to you. I mean, when I think about this, it's pretty incredible. I mean, Jesus revealed himself to me, a quiet, insecure Mildly fat kid from Novato. Like, that, I wasn't famous. I didn't have a rich spiritual heritage. I was right in the middle of the bell curve. And yet God saw me. Like That's an incredible thing, because I think in the church, we lose sight of this. We think, unless I'm famous, unless my family's famous, unless some, I can do something incredible for God and less and less and less and less and less. But the truth is that that's not how it works, that Jesus sees us and he reveals himself to you and to me individually and personally. And I think of it this way, um, if you're when you're a kid, if you saw those 3D paintings, there's those paintings on the wall and they have all those dots and you look at them and it just looks like a bunch of dots. But if you stop and you look into the painting, right, you can start to see something kind of emerge. And as you start to see something emerge, you look in deeper and it becomes clearer and clearer. And it's like this little dance that your eyes do with this painting until the picture is revealed. And for me, that's my story. I wish my story was that Jesus showed up in a bolt of lightning or, you know, knocked me out of bed one day or came into a dream or, you know, some person who showed up and told me something and disappeared. That would be awesome. But that's not how it was for me. But when I was 10, I went to camp and Jesus gave me this warm heart towards him and began to reveal himself through this picture and at 13 and at 17 and at 22 and at 30 and at 40, right? And that it's been this decades long journey of Jesus revealing himself more and more, slowly but surely. When we seek him, right, he makes himself able to be found. That is the good news. And I hope that you know that Jesus sees you in your unique giftedness, in your unique talents. No matter how you may see or perceive yourself, Jesus does not see you that way. He sees you as his loved child, someone he longs to have part of his family, to be used by him and to be sent into the world. And that is the good news on on Easter, that even though Jesus revealed himself to all these important people throughout the whole world, he's also revealed himself to you And to me, I love what Shelley said, right, that he that doesn't matter if you're brand new on your journey or you've been doing this for a long, long time, that when we encounter Christ, our natural heart desire is to worship. And there's no like how to manual. If you're a baby Christian or you've been doing it forever and ever and ever like art, then right, then you worship is the right response. And It doesn't matter if you're in a season of joy and your heart is so full and you cannot believe the amount of blessing and you have this theology of celebration and God is so good and God meets us there and gives us hope. Or if you are in the dark night of the soul and you have a lamenting theology and you're like, God, what is up and where are you? And God offers us this living hope. So it doesn't matter where you are there either. And it doesn't matter who you are personally that God sees you. Age, gender, race, nationality, background, sexuality, all of it. He sees you and he wants for you to be invited into the family of God. I love how Paul wraps this up. He says... Born, you know, and then to me, as someone who's abnormally born, isn't that awesome? We don't really like talking about being abnormally born. We all pretend that we were born great. Our families are great. And if, they're, if our families blow up, then we try to make a new family and make that look great. We always present as life is great. But how fun to just be like, no, I'm abnormally born right? That the story of God's family is people who are abnormally born. They're people who are rebellious through and through. You and I who want to do our own thing, who are tired of people telling us what to do, who just crush people all the time. And God reveals Himself to us. And for those of us who respond, we we repent, we turn away from our rebellious heart, and we say, God, I want to be adopted into your family. And He takes all of us wild, banshee children who are abnormally born and creates a new story. And for many of us who have abnormally born families, you know, right, that God's redemptive story is incredible. The the family that you have now may not have been the family you dreamt dreamt of, but you see that God is doing something in you and through you. We are people who are abnormally born. And so before we, we just wrap things up, I just wanted to make sure that you knew that you were invited by God to be part of the family of God, because that's why on Easter the church welcomes you into the family of God. Now, there's going to be an incredible spread. And I mean, I'm a little too free with my food issues. I get that. And so I'm going to eat like my Lent is over, you know, in about (laughs) 10 minutes. And I love being a guest. And people were incredible hosts and brought an incredible spread of food. And we get to be guests, right? We get to show up and eat and be with friends. And there's something about being a guest. And I hope that no matter where you are in the spiritual journey here at Merlin Covenant, you know that you are our guest of honor. We are so glad that you're here. You are welcome. You have unlimited access to all that food, to all of our hearts, to life together. You are the guest of honor. But I would be remiss that on Easter, if you did not also know that For some of you, as God is slowly but surely revealing himself to you, that God doesn't just want you to be the guest of honor, that God longs for you to be adopted in as a daughter or son of the King Most High. With all the rights, with all the responsibilities, that you are uniquely gifted and crafted. You have a unique story. You have unique baggage. You have unique, incredible gifts that God longs for you to use for his kingdom. The way, the only way the body of Christ works is if all of us use our unique gifts, our unique talents for Him. So if you're not being used by God, that we are not who the body of Christ needs to be. God needs you, and you're invited in. So if you're a guest of honor, please eat. Come be around us all the time. If you've been following Christ for a long time, let's continue to lean into all that God has for us as we move towards Christ to leverage all of who we are for the glory of God. And if this is day one, you're going to go, I'm going from being a guest and I'm going to take that step of faith and say yes to Jesus so that I can be a daughter or son of the King with all the rights, with all the responsibilities, then praise God, because that is exactly why Jesus died, was buried and rose again. So if you'd stand with me, let me pray for us and we'll wrap up our time with a little bit of worship. Heavenly Father and our gracious God, you are so good. And as we encounter you, we are compelled to worship you. And no matter our season of life, you have empathy because you've experienced great joy and great turmoil and you extend hope to us. And you also extend an invitation to be not just guests of honor, to be actual daughters and sons in the family of God. And so for those people who are ready to take that step today, or those of us who've been on that journey for a long time, may we fully embrace our true identity as kids of the King, who are invited to be a part of the family business, to be expanding the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. May He use all of our unique story, all of our unique gifts, all of our unique baggage. May all of it be redeemed so that more and more people may come to know You, to give You glory, and to, be redempt- to bring redemption to all of creation. So we love You, Jesus, and hear the cries of Your people who long to worship You both now and forever. We worship you, Jesus, the resurrected Lord. Amen and amen.